You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hello, hello, it's Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. This episode is all about the Met Gala, the first Monday in May, the biggest night in fashion. And listen, very few people paid attention to the theme. I will say that. Now, technically, it was still American fashion and gilded glamour, but Vogue did specifically say pay attention to the Gilded Age, which we know is in the late 1800s in America. Now, very many people on the red carpet said, forget about the Gilded Age. But a lot of people actually did acknowledge the time period and interpret it in really interesting ways. And the people that kind of did the more Gilded Glamour, old Hollywood Glamour thing looked amazing as well. I also had my first real Met Gala experience through the after party and an official watch party that we threw, but it was a very cool just being kind of in proximity to the Met Gala and just seeing everything happen like right there on the ground. Later in this episode, you are going to hear from Flo Nagala, who's an incredibly talented photographer, and she is the first black woman to be able to photograph inside the Met Gala. She's only 26 and her career is just taking off. So I was really excited to chat with her. But before we get into all of that, I feel like I need to just do a little Met Gala 101. So the Met Gala, it's known as the biggest night in fashion. People call it the Super Bowl for the fashion industry, but it's been around since 1948 and it raises money for the Metropolitan Museum of Art's Costume Institute exhibit, which is now open. Again, American fashion is the theme, but this year is like a focus on Gilded Glamour. Nearly 600 people get to attend across fashion, entertainment, music and sports. It used to be kind of more just like a low-key dinner party at the museum. Then Anna Wintour, the editor-in-chief of Vogue magazine, took it over in 1995. And she's the one that really said, okay, let's make this like a real event. Now, tables are $200,000 to $300,000. You can get an individual ticket for $35,000. But just because you can afford to pay doesn't mean you are granted access to the Met Ball. Anna Wintour personally approves every single person who is in that room. Designers are paired with celebrities, and even what the designers are putting celebrities in is something that Anna Wintour has a hand in. Now, 
the red carpet, I love watching the red carpet live. I think that's like one of the most exciting things. You also have to watch it, seeing what all of your favorite fashion commenters are saying on Instagram, seeing what people are saying on Twitter. And I also really like paying attention to the beauty looks at the Met Gala because I feel like it's a really concentrated collection of new beauty ideas, right? At the Oscars, it's like people want to look beautiful, but they're not going to do something really avant-garde with their hair. I think that hair and makeup artists are actually able to really push their clients to try new things because it is the Met Ball, which is why I really like paying attention to the beauty looks that are there. Um, I have to say, in terms of Naked Beauty alumni, women that have been on Naked Beauty, Janelle Monet and Gabrielle Union, two of my favorite interviews that I have had on that podcast, on this podcast, sorry, looked incredible. Like, Gabrielle Union, her dress was inspired by Diane Carroll. She looked stunning. Janelle Monet looked incredible. And also just Janelle Monet's presence on the carpet, the way that they pose, the way that they do interviews. I am forever inspired by Janelle Monet. And it was just announced that she will be playing Josephine Baker in a series. Now, you all know I love Josephine Baker, and you also know I love Janelle Monet, and they have so much in common now that I think about it. I think about how Josephine Baker, you know, explored her sexuality openly. I think of it how Josephine Baker basically could not be defined by a single title, right? She wasn't just a uh, musician. She wasn't just a dancer. She wasn't just an actress. She was also a spy. Like she was also doing all these other incredible things. I think Janelle Monet is going to kill that role. And I like cannot wait to see that series as it plays out. But they both looked incredible. Now, do you know who I really liked on the carpet? And some people didn't like her look and I was shocked. I loved the way Billie Eilish looked. I think that she really paid attention to that Gilded Age theme. And I thought everything down to the way that she was wearing her hair, to her chokers, to the sleeves on her dress was really beautiful. I thought Rosalia looked incredibly cool on the red carpet and her look really made an impact. Um, And there was also just a category of women that looked beautiful, but I don't, boring is too harsh. Boring is too harsh. But I don't know. A lot of people were black. I was sort of like, I don't know. I feel like if you're, I don't know, maybe this isn't the event to wear like a black dress too. Like Lori Harvey, for instance, looked gorgeous as she always does. The abs were abbing. She looked amazing. She had that cutout dress on. But it for me, it didn't feel like it was adhering to the theme. Normani, who was actually in black, wore an incredible kind of two-piece sculptural look that was a modern take on the Gilded Age with this hat that I thought was stunning. She had this like green shimmery eyeshadow that was just beyond, beyond. It looked like Pat McGrath. And speaking of Pat McGrath, I think she DM'd me. (laughs) I put the exchange on my Instagram account on Naked Beauty Planet because I was like, I literally responded. I was like, this DM from you has sent me into another stratosphere. Like, I am absolutely obsessed with you. And everyone says that she does her own comms and her own outreach. So people were like, this is her. Like, this DM is from Pat. Now, it may have been from her team, but either way, I was thrilled to get the outreach. She's They're sending me um, the new essence that she has developed, which I will be coming on to talk about in a future episode. Now, I saw really interesting things with hair jewels. Bad Bunny had jewels in his hair. Yaha uh, Abdul-Mateen had jewels in his hair. I'm wondering if we're going to see more men with jewels in their hair. Uh, Ciara had jewels in her middle part. 
similar to what you see in South Asian culture, kind of like a bindi, that I thought was really interesting. Naomi Campbell had jewels on her face. Nicki Minaj had jewels all over her body, like all around her like chest and her arms. That was also done by Pat McGrath. Um, now, Kwana Chasing Horse, who is Native American, she's indigenous. It, she was at the Met Ball um, the last go round as well looked incredible and what she talked about was native people in the gilded age and paying tribute to her culture she was certainly sure to reflect that the gilded age was not a happy time for native people in america but she also talked about how her necklace was created with earth elements elements that were available and were made to create beautiful jewelry i really appreciate when people use their time on the red carpet to make a statement if I am ever privileged enough to attend the Met Gala, I will certainly make sure that I have something to say beyond looking beautiful um, while also adhering to the theme because I think it's really important that we use fashion and beauty to further conversations. And for that reason, I also loved what Cynthia Erivo did. She wore this beautiful head wrap. So she was wearing a Louis Vuitton gown. It was like white lace. It was really nice. But she wore this head wrap that was really around bringing awareness to something called Ting Non Law. And I'm going to read a little bit about it. So um, the inspiration for her look was a rewind back to a stretch of Louisiana history when black women were told to cover their hair, explained stylist Jason Bolden, recalling conversations with the Revo on the subject earlier this spring. The practice known as Ting Non Law was first instituted in the late 18th century, though its reverberations continued for generations. By the time of the Gilded Age, the theme of tonight's Costume Institute Gala at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, ostentatious displays of wealth, might have been the norm but what lingered with Bolden and Ariba was the kind of self-made glamour. In Black culture, you've watched so many people be able to do this, to turn hardship into something that becomes desirable, fashionable, and iconic. Plus, he adds, when I think of the Gilded Age, I think more is more. So this head wrap, basically, Black women were asked to cover their hair when they were in public spaces in Louisiana, and they took this, which was basically a law used to make them feel less than, make them feel othered. You're not able to show your beautiful hair in public. You have to wrap it up. But they took it to this next level, these women in Louisiana, by adding like brooches and hats and like feathers and like making their head wraps really beautiful. And then, of course, as as often happens, um, white women were inspired by what they were doing and they started wrapping their hair as well. Now, I think this is a really interesting conversation to bring to the Met Gala. And it's something that I, even as a Black woman, wasn't aware of historically. So I just love that she made that part of her look. Um, Riz Ahmed is also someone, um, the actor Riz Ahmed, he used the, his uh, red carpet presence to talk about the like working class people that often weren't acknowledged as part of the Gilded Age. When asked, he said, my look is an homage to the immigrant workers that kept the Gilded Age going. Now, in terms of gowns and just like beauty overall, Blake, Blake Lively is kind of like the queen of the Met Gala at this point. Like if there was a Met Gala prom queen, I feel like it would be Blake Lively. She had a dress that was inspired by the Statue of Liberty, which of course was a gift from France brought to America around the Gilded Age. But the oxidization process of the Statue of Liberty, when the Statue of Liberty arrived, it was like you know, copper colored and then through oxidization became that pale green that we know and her dress reflected that and it was kind of like this big reveal on the carpet. We, we love a bit of drama. I will say I was missing 
Zendaya. I was missing Rihanna. I was missing the like real heavy hitting Met Queens that I get so excited about seeing. But I also get it. Like if if you're, I'm sure Rihanna's due date is around the corner. So you can't plan on being at something like the Met Gala. It just takes too much planning and coordination. You have to know months in advance. And I'm sure she and her team looked at it and said, okay, you may be with child. You may be in labor. Let's not push it for the Met Gala. But it was great seeing different people that like Kiki Lane is actually an amazing example of someone that I haven't been as familiar with her work as an actress, but she absolutely shut it down on the Met Gala red carpet. She had this perfectly, perfectly shaped afro. And then for her makeup, she actually used Fashion Fair Cosmetics, which has recently relaunched. I'm actually going to be speaking to one of the founders of Fashion Fair Cosmetics here on this podcast soon. But that's an iconic, iconic Black-owned makeup line and I thought it was cool even in the interview with her glam team I think that was on Vogue that they talked about why they used fashion fair cosmetics and how that was part of creating this really special look but she had incredible like pink eyeshadow again that perfect afro on the red carpet it looked so so good Tessa Thompson who was always beautiful had a really interesting makeup look she had blush but that blush sort of traveled into her eyeshadow. It was kind of this fuchsia pink blush eyeshadow moment that I thought was really stunning. Okay, and then I guess I guess we should talk about my Met Gala look, which I've posted a million pictures of. Um, I knew that it was gilded glamour and American fashion, um, but I was only going to our like, kind of official Met Gala after party. Um, I knew I wanted to dress up. I knew I wasn't going to be in like 18th century corsetry and like a bustle. Um, <laughs> and also I kind of asked some other people that I knew were go- that were going to be there, what they're going to wear to the after party. And they were like, oh girl, I'm just wearing this cocktail dress. So it's like, okay, let me not go in black tie. But I did want to look beautiful and make a statement because I think that's really important. So I wore this black and white beaded Carolina Herrera gown that's like just a simple column, very classic shape, very kind of Audrey Hepburn. It had pockets. I love a dress with pockets. And then for a little subversion, but still that like glamour element to come through, I wanted to do elbow length gloves, but not just plain elbow length gloves. I wanted them to be mesh, like that kind of see-through sheer. And I found incredible ones from the row. So I did those kind of elbow length gloves. I was asking my husband, I was like, should I wear all my jewelry like under the gloves or on top of the gloves? And he's like, on top of the gloves, obviously. So I stacked my, you know, diamond rings and bracelet over the gloves, which I thought looked really, really cool. And then the like statement, statement piece was my black cameo necklace. And if you're not familiar with the black cameo. This is a very special piece created by Corrine Simpson. She started designing them in 1989 or 1990. I believe the official date is 1989, but cameos, I'm sure you're all familiar with them. Um, They became very popular in kind of like Victorian era. They go back all the way to Europe, but you know a cameo necklace. It's usually someone's side profile, but it's usually a white woman. Corrine Simpson started making the black cameo showing a woman with cornrows inside profile. Now, I just happened to have received, gotten my cornrows, my very long cornrows, 
basically past my butt um, that I have right now, which I love. I've never done straight back cornrows before, and I'm obsessed with the drama that it gives. But I really wanted to wear this black cameo necklace because it's something that my mom and my grandmother, they actually met the artist Green Simpson. They went to her studio in New York and they purchased some pieces from her fine jewelry collection of black cameos. So this is like an original piece from the early 90s that my mom purchased on a shopping trip with my grandmother. And as soon as I found out like what I was wearing, that I got to go to the after party, I was like, please FedEx overnight this to me immediately because this is like the anchor for my look. So I wore that black cameo necklace, which I think is so incredibly special. And for my hair, I just gathered my cornrows into a long pony. I tied a black satin ribbon around it. And then like the very last thing that I added into my hair, there were these um, beautiful roses that we had. We had a whole installation of flowers um in at the mark hotel and i kind of grabbed a few of those roses and i stuck them into the top of my ponytail like where the black satin ribbon was and it really created i think a really perfect beautiful effect so overall i was super happy with my look and i felt great i felt great it was really fun to just look around and be like, wow, these are the people that are creating culture, that are making culture. And it felt really good to have people also come up to me in that space because I was there on like a work capacity, not to get too much into like my corporate job and blah, blah, blah. No one wants to hear about that. But I was there like in a work capacity with my corporate role. But it was really cool also to be in that room and have all of these people come up to me and be like, oh my gosh, like I love Naked Beauty or like running into people that I've had on the podcast, like Kimberly Drew or Raisa Flowers in this after party space. Um, and just like having that work acknowledged by people like, oh, wow, I am creating something with this podcast and with this platform and with Naked Beauty that is important to people and has a role in culture. And I'm like more and more starting to realize that and it's making me just feel really good about everything. Speaking of Naked Beauty being a platform and community, I have announced my live show. It is May 21st, New York City. It's going to be epic. Tickets will be on sale soon. So do not miss when the tickets are available. It's going to be iconic. So much fun. Can't wait. Now, I can't talk about, <laughs> I couldn't do this whole episode about Met Gala and not mention Kimberly Kardashian. Um, so, as we all know by now, Kim wore the iconic Marilyn Monroe dress that Marilyn Monroe wore. It's 60 years old. She wore it to sing Happy Birthday to President John F. Kennedy. Kim acquired this dress from Ripley's Believe It or Not in Orlando, where they purchased the dress for like $4 million. Um, this is, yeah, this is like a multi-million dollar dress. Like, yeah, a four, I think it's maybe close to $5 million dress that she wore. It is a museum piece. It is an archive piece. And many headlines around this moment. Uh, I'd say one of the biggest headlines is that she very openly discussed that she lost 16 pounds in three weeks to fit in to the dress. Um, 16 pounds. Wow, that's a lot. Now, Kim is 41. So she's she's become a celebrity. I mean, she's been a celebrity for so long. But I think there was a time in celebrity culture where talking about these sort of crash diets was 
more normalized. Um, I think we've now moved to a space where it's considered quite toxic to openly discuss diets like this. Remember in the diet episode I did, I talked about Beyonce doing that lemon cayenne master cleanse diet and like me being young and being like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this, which was so dumb. Like, why would I just drink lemon water and cayenne? But again, when you're young and impressionable, impressionable and you look up to certain people the way I looked up to Beyonce, I was like, oh, she did it. I should try it. Not that I had literally any weight to lose. I was like a stick figure in high school. But Kim saying this, I found it to be shocking because you would think that she would know that this would be a little bit taboo. Now, on the other hand, a lot of people say like, well, isn't it worse if these celebrities just pop up and they're like so much smaller and they don't disclose like why or how? Like, isn't it good that they're being honest? Um, no, I, I feel very uncomfortable with this being part of the narrative. I think that the idea that you should try to eat less, essentially starve yourself so that you can fit into an address is I think just like the wrong message to send. Um, clothes should fit us. We shouldn't conform ourselves to fit into clothes. And I think that when she tried on the dress, and it wasn't fitting. There is now this video that has been circulating of her trying to fit into the dress. It's very clear that it doesn't zip. Um, and I feel like that's sort of like the universe telling you like, maybe this isn't the dress for you. Not because like, oh, you're too big, you shouldn't wear it. But like, if it's meant to be, it will be. Like that dress, it cannot be altered. It is a museum piece. And of course, you're gonna be really worried about stretching it out. You don't want there to be any damage to that dress. And I think, the idea of crash dieting to wear something, it's just not cool. Which also brings me to my second point about just the dress itself. I don't think it gave like the impact and wow factor that I was expecting, you know? Like, it's not like she stepped out on the carpet with that dress and I was like, oh my God, this is like incredible, iconic. It, it felt kind of just, okay, I mean, it's iconic that she wore the dress, but the dress itself, it wasn't like this wow moment on her. And I think the other thing is you could see how physically uncomfortable she was. She had to take these tiny little baby steps to move around on the carpet because of course she was paranoid that it could rip. And then she had the first stole, which um, I've now heard was covering the fact that the back wouldn't close. So if I was on the red carpet, having starved myself for three weeks, in a dress that was very tight that I could barely walk in with a fur stole that I had to have strategically placed to like cover up the back of like I wouldn't enjoy myself like I wouldn't feel confident and sexy and beautiful in pictures like it it just all felt like that's like a lot to take on um and it's a lot to experience while you're also trying to look great take a billion pictures and enjoy your met ball now what I do think is cool is Kim Kardashian was famously banned from the Met Gala. Kanye was like, this is my girl. I accept her, the fashion world, you have to accept her. He invited her to all of the fashion week shows. He introduced her to Anna Wintour and she was his plus one for the first time she was able to go to the Met. Now they're long done. And not only is she at the Met, she is granted that final spot of the last celebrity to come and like shut the red carpet down, which if you watched Gilded Age, which I highly recommend on HBO, it's like a very like Mrs. Russell move. Like it's a very like, 
I understand how to climb the right ladders to get to the position and influence and culture that I want to be. And Kim did that. And we can't take that away from her. She has earned her spot in pop culture. Love it or hate it. She is here to stay. Um, I did appreciate seeing her real hair. Like, I feel like we always see her with lots of extensions and lots of glam. Like, I thought her beauty look was interesting. The blonde, cool. Um, Overall, for me, the look wasn't giving the impact and wow that I thought it was. I do like that we're having a discussion about how toxic diet culture is. I do like that we're having a discussion about the dangers of trying to lose weight that quickly because I think, again, it's really not a good thing. But I couldn't let this Met Gala discussion pass without acknowledging Kimberly. Okay, let's take a short break and then I will come back with my interview with Flo about her experience inside the Met Gala. Thank you to today's sponsor, This Is L. This is period care inspired by nature, 100% organic cotton tampons and pads. L tampons contain organic cotton without the organic price. And it's the number one cotton brand in feminine care in the US. So you can visit thisisl.com to learn more or just look for L, letter L brand, as you're shopping for tampons and pads and period. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts, not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Welcome to Naked Beauty. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you for having me. I'm such a fan. (laughs) That is so sweet. Well, I'm so impressed by your photography skills. You're such a talented photographer, but I want to hear from you. You just photographed inside the Met Gala and you were the first Black woman to do so. Yes, 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 yes. So best Monday ever. Okay. (laughs) So tell me about the experience of learning that you were being invited to photograph inside the Met Gala. Did Vogue invite you? How, how, what was, how did it all come together? So I was literally on set of something I just like produced and shot an incredible project um, that's coming out May 25th. I'm just gonna drop that. Um, and I got an email while getting my makeup done. And I literally was just like, who did the email yeah, come just, from? Did it come from Vogue? Yes, it came from Vogue. It's a Condé Nast email. I can verify. Okay. It's a Condé Nast email. So it's real. 
you know, send it from a Condé email so I know it's real. But anyway, so it was from an amazing editor named Landon. Okay. And he um, reached out and wanted to just gauge my availability and my interest. And um, I responded saying, you know, like, yes, I can hold a day. Yes, I'm available. It, it wasn't even on my mind, honestly. I've like manifested the Met Gala, I guess, for a few years. But like, it genuinely was not like it just really popped up. That was like March 20th. March- that is so exciting. Now, how long have you been a photographer? How did you get into it? I've been a photographer for, um, I've been like a photographer for over 10 years. I'm 26. Professionally, I've been it for five to six years, but I started shooting when I was like 13. Oh my so, God. And you're yeah. so talented. I hope that one day I get a chance to shoot with you, but you shoot with absolute icons and you were with the Met Gala on Monday and you were photographing Burna Boy in Madison Square Garden, what, on Saturday? So like, were you just like, like, how do I get my beauty sleep? Because it's the Met, right? You want to look amazing too. Listen, I genuinely, it's so crazy. I think for me, like naked beauty is so literal because I literally just don't do much. And it's like, I've learned, but I've really learned, like, I had to, like, get my face, like, done for the Met Gala, and I feel like I just was, like, I felt so beautiful, and unfortunately, because of work, I just, I just make excuses for not taking care of myself, and I think that, um, I hate to say it, but, like, since I've gotten, you know, since I've done the feet of the Met Gala, and, like, since that's, like, now done, I feel like now I can, like, sleep better at night and, like, actually rest well. But, you know, I was there, I was at the Mark Hotel, and the oh, period. one thing about Brooke, she gonna be at the mark. <laughs> well, that's where everyone was leaving from, right? So pe- for people that don't know, everyone leaves to go to the Met Gala from the Mark Hotel, which is just like around the corner. And it's just pandemonium. I mean, cars. Can I ask you though, Brooke, it's not just the mark, right? It's like the few, it's like a few big ones. The mark is like the biggest or most like True. classic one, but like is there a few or is it just the mark? So you're right. Not everyone who's attending the Met Gala, the Met Gala has like 600 attendees. So like not everyone is at the Mark Hotel, but a lot of major people leave from the Mark Hotel and there are fans outside of the Mark Hotel. So it's like a whole thing, just even like you can't even access that area. There are police barricades everywhere. It's just intense all day on Monday before the gala even begins. So you're like walking into this energy. But as you mentioned, you've shot with Cardi B, you've been on tours, like you're, you're around high profile events, but I feel like the Met Gala is just like this next level. So you're stationed inside and you're shooting inside the Met Gala. Now, the reason why I think I'm so excited to talk to you for this audience, for people that don't know, you see the red carpet, you see the after parties, but you're actually not allowed to shoot inside the gala. So once this super, super famous people walk through that door with their fabulous creations on, we kind of don't know what happens inside. So tell us what the atmosphere is like inside and what were you trying to capture? Wow, this is so fun to answer this for the first time. Like, um, basically without saying too much, shout out to Vogue, um, I would just say like, it just honestly felt like when you walk into like a cafeteria and like there's different sections of like kids who are like different groups ah. and like squads. And there's like some popular girls, there's some like, like athletes, literally like, like these athletes were like Olympians though. And the popular girls were like the Kardashians. And like, (laughs) I like, I like made Cardi B like take a picture with Kim and like Pete Davidson was like, 
Kim, get in there. Like literally, it's, it was just very like, oh my it God. was just like, yeah, like literally like this one picture I took of Donatella Versace, Cardi and Kim. Um, I'm not sure if it's part of the Vogue gallery, but also like anyone listening, like feel free to like, just look up like Meg Out 2022 Vogue and like a bunch of Vogue channels, like post the pictures and stuff. So yeah, um, it was like that. And also like, I have this one picture I took of like Damson Idris and Stormzy and Jacob Alordi from in not in from um Euphoria. I think that's yeah. the last name. Like the yeah. So it's like such a cute picture of like the three of them walking, but even like dancing, like when he was walking, like he's so fly. Like it was just like a you know, he like literally like just pulled up and like made like a little like point at the camera and it was just like such a cool moment. And then yes. he like asked me for the photo and like that was really cool, you know, like just to see some like celebrities who I think are like just really successful like be um supportive of like crediting photographers and like reposting stuff so that was really fun like him and like Cynthia Erivo also like reposted or posted something I took a picture of her talking to Janelle Monet. yeah oh my gosh um, you, you, so good you shot this incredible so we love Janelle Monet here on Naked Beauty I she goes by she, they, so I, you, I can say she or they now that she's come out as non-binary, but they looked so good. And you took a picture of Janelle Monet from behind of her back and oh, it was yeah. back exfoliation and skin goals and like back muscle goals. Now in person, Janelle Monet, tell me your impression of her when she walked in, were you like, you look incredible immediately? Um, I feel like a lot of celebrities that were there, like I didn't necessarily see them on first glimpse. Like I kind of like, you know, like would turn around and be like, oh, there's future going to the bathroom or like, oh, there's like Jay Balvin exchanging like some numbers with someone, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just sort of like, where's Waldo or something like right. that. It was just sort of like, I'm mean, just like, you know, so there's that. But Janelle, I definitely feel like once I did see her, I think when I saw her for the first time, she was like next to the statue. I forgot who she was talking with, but she looked stunning. I mean, she's just so sweet. The thing with me about Janelle Monet is like her eyes, like they're just, her eyes just really get me. And like her lips are just so pretty. Her red lip is undefeated. And so I think I just was like initially just kind of like happily surprised. Like, I feel like when you see Janelle Monet, it just brings you joy. You're just like, wow. Like, yeah. look at what God can do. Yeah. <laughs> um, she looks so beautiful. She was literally like stunning. Um, the one that talk you to, mentioned. Talk to me about Jack Harlow to go back to your high school analogy. I feel like he's like the it boy. Yeah. Like he's like the popular kid on campus right now. Was everyone loving him? Yeah. Yeah. Jack Harlow is so fire. I literally was looking through my pictures and I was like, literally Jack Harlow for the win. I got so many beautiful pictures of him with like beautiful women. And he's just like, <laughs> is such a social character, I guess, and I, is very magnetic in a way that people appreciate. Um, <clears throat> I feel like I have this one picture I took of like him and it's like Tiana Taylor next to Lori Harvey, next to Jack Harlow, next to Winnie Harlow, next to Normani. And it's just like, I, I literally was just like, wow, these are like popular kids. Yeah. <laughs> and that was really yes. how I felt. So that was like a really cool picture. He let them like, he, you know, he's so, he's so, um, chivalrous as well. I think, even though he like sings and like raps about like, you know, some of the stuff that like rap people rap about <laughs> so um he's like he's so like graceful I think that's why a lot of women like respect him or like befriend him yeah and yeah so he was like you know they, the four of them took the picture then he hopped in but yeah I, like I, I think that even him and Janelle Monae when they like had their moment he was so graceful like 
and yeah he's definitely like the popular guy yeah and Lori Harvey would definitely be the prom queen right I mean she's Uh, Lori Harvey yeah her and her train and her abs the abs were adding yeah I got yeah she was low-key I feel like she was low-key in there she's so stunning I feel like I you know honestly can we do critiques on this a little bit or like yo of course yeah I feel like oh Lori like I just wanted her to shine in the room like black is so like chic and it's so you know yeah you never go wrong with black but like Lori Harvey like I think this I don't know this maybe maybe wasn't her first Met Gala was it her first Met Gala I don't know if it was her first Met Gala but I just all of the celebrities that wore black I was like gilded glamour like you could just make such an impact and a lot of them just didn't understand the assignment but also Brooke you're a fashion girl so like what maybe common sense for you is just not common sense for the rest of us mortals you know I know I know, there, <laughs> I know. Who, who were your favorite favorite looks like who were you like oh my gosh you look so good like I love Jody Turner Smith um I thought she looked incredible who were your favorite looks I really appreciated what Kim did like I, I hate to like just start with Kim because everyone likes Kim but like the Marilyn Monroe flex is so iconic like I feel like yeah. I love that take on it because not many people can pull like that you know not many people have that like kind of power to just ask for that from Ripley's and so to do that is so even though it wasn't technically the era it was like the style I mean would you say it's the style I mean it's it's American (laughs) gilded glamour it's not gilded age from like the 1880s but it's gilded glamour now we do know that she walked the carpet in this incredibly valuable dress valued at like four million dollars then inside she changed into a replica because you as you can imagine you cannot stain or spill or tear so she actually had I a didn't know that. inside so i'm sure she could be like a little bit more comfortable what was pete like i want to hear more about pete i just feel like he's just like this kid from staten island and now he's dating the most he's famous woman in the world yeah he's from staten, he's from island. staten island that's really yeah cool. i really what appreciate pete davidson I, I feel like Pete Davidson, I was friends with the guys like Pete Davidson when I was in school. Like I went to, I went, I went to school in the Upper West Side and I went to school in the Bronx. And I feel like Pete Davidson was just like that consistent. First of all, I also went to school with Timothy Chalamet. I, I would love to drop that now. Just, just, just <laughs> set the record straight. Cause I, I always tell people because it's like my, the, the biggest celebrity person, you know, like I went yeah. to school with someone who became super famous. To answer your question, I appreciated it. I appreciate his presence. I don't know. I'm just very intrigued by whatever him and Kim have. I don't, I don't understand it. And like, that's, that's the beautiful thing about love. It's like, it's really not none of my business. Right. She like, you know, she like is, I just, I just was watching actually the video of her walking up the steps in him with her and just like that interaction. Um, yes. Yeah. I'm happy for him and happy for them and whatever it is, like, you know, it's their business. Did, Did he keep his sunglasses on the entire time? I, when I saw him, he had them on. Okay. And I was in the hall, but I didn't, I don't know about when he was, when they were at dinner. Okay. But yeah, he had them on when I saw them. I have two final questions for you. Yes. When people are inside at the Met Gala, now I know there is a seated dinner, allegedly. <laughs> do people sit down and eat? Are people mingling the whole time? And do people, are people enjoying themselves? once they're inside or does it still feel kind of high pressure i feel like it's all the above like you know when you go to dinner like people always some people always are eating some people are always like talking catching up some people are always like getting drinks some people are always doing whatever so like you know i was kind of like floating 
yeah around <laughs> and so yeah I feel like people were kind of doing everything oh my gosh there was a moment where like I literally walked past like Lily Aldridge and like it's like Lily Aldridge Miranda Kerr and Katy Perry uh, it's so weird to talk about this like outside of this experience um Emily Aldridge was like, your dress is so pretty. Like, you know, Aww. she made this really nice compliment. Like, but she like made it a point to like say it. And like this guy like asked me for a picture. And I'm like, can you give me a second? Like, she's in the middle of giving me a compliment. Literally, I said that. <laughs> this is a moment. Yes. And I was like, I, yeah, I'm like, as you were saying, Lily. <laughs> Alicia Keys, Swizz Beats, I mean, Pat McGrath, Gwen Stefani, um, Carrie Washington, Riz Ahmed. I mean, there were so many icons all in one space. And then you're there too, right? So you start to realize that like you're part of this iconic group of artists as well, right? You're in a room full of people that create art, um, whether that's music or films. And then you create art as a photographer. Was it validating for you to be in that space and understand that at 26, you were on this level? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's why it's such a big deal for me to like talk about it and not to like, you know, overshare it's weird because it's like I feel like when you go to a party you don't talk about the party but I just do think that it's like I'm a storyteller ultimately and that's why like my work feels like the way it does I also have like the day like two days before I had like the burn avoid all access tag so it's like I think it's just amazing to be vetted in a way that just validates my lens and you know my lens is like a black female gaze and it's a really powerful one and it's, you know, it overlaps in a lot of ways. Like for me, this is going to be so weird, but like one thing I really appreciate, appreciate about your um, podcast and like, even for me, like I really like appreciate watching like you and like Hannah Bronfman because I feel like there's a certain like lens or gaze that I relate to as far as like, you know, like an experience that I had at like a school that, and I, and I just like, love like seeing like women have that overlap in the Venn diagram and it's almost like Jenga pieces or steps it's just like okay like you know this black woman did this and like she works at there's this at Instagram or she like just did this Tiffany campaign or like this person just invested in this stock it's like wow look at the building blocks of success so anyway me doing this for the Met Gala um, and doing this at the Met Gala for Vogue is just like I really hope that people who relate to me in certain ways, you know, whether they're both from Harlem, whether we're both from, you know, Nigeria or Cameroon, whether like, you know, you grew up um, and went and went to Horace Mann or go to Horace Mann and like, or a student of color or like, you know, I went to this program called Prep for Prep and I talk about that program a lot. You know, I used to be a figure skater. There's just like so many things I feel like um, that um, identity is, is, is important for. And like a huge part of that is making sure that when it's time to talk about representation and when it's time to you know make sure boxes are checked um that people feel like okay you know someone did this like that you know it's possible it just helps you know it just really helps sometimes <laughs> absolutely absolutely anything else that would we would be surprised as outsiders looking in to know about what it's like inside the Met Gala or anything else you want to share uh, I'd love to highlight just like how fly I think Rosalia is like she's yes. really just something else so fire Lenny Kravitz's performance and just like watching that um from afar appreciated like watching like Anderson Pack like fangirl over Alicia Keys Gunna like walked out of a room and I was like ah, Mr. P like I literally said that to Gunna because he's like that song Pushing P. Yeah. Of so I just like, you know, I appreciate like interactions with celebrities. Even even Anderson Pack and I, like, we like talked about being like air signs that like, he was walking and 
he's a triple Aquarius, he said. And I was like, you're a triple Aquarius? That is a recipe for disaster. So oh anyway, <laughs> just having personal moments with people who are, you know, essentially people is really like what I love to do. So I think that when clients hire me or when they like ask me to do things like this, I think it's just, it's a, people appreciate my approach towards, um, you know, others um, that are like, just successful and famous. So yeah, the best experience ever. And I hope they might me to do it again and again and again. <laughs> I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Well, I loved looking at all of your pictures. I will link to them in the show notes so everyone can just watch your work and also where to follow you because you are certainly one of the most talented photographers working today. And I'm just so, so, so excited to see what happens next for you. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 